Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of the Everything Altnet series. I'm your host, Johnny Ray, and this is the Dialed In podcast. Before we jump into things with our second guest, I just want to speak about the company who is supporting this eight-episode series, and that is Landline Replacement. If you haven't guessed, they are providing a service to replace the Landline solution, specifically in the Altnet space. Landline Replacement have a solution that offers a seamless transition from traditional landline and the customers are able to simply plug straight into the router or the ONT's FX0 port. Like magic, instant landline replacement. So I've got to say, I've been aware of this product and this company um, for probably the last six months, and they've spent a hell of a lot of time, money, and effort getting this product ready to launch into the market. They made incredibly strategic partnerships, one with a leading global software development house and another with the tier one carrier Vodafone. They knew there were other products in the market, but they are directed at the B2B space. And the problem you've got with the B2B space is landline replacement solutions tend to be quite complicated. And they've really managed to fix that problem. So for any Altnet's listening, if you need an introduction, reach out to me or you can look at the description below and you can get their details. And before we jump into it, just note that their pricing is £2.50 a month. And that includes all your call traffic as well. So suddenly all the FDs listening are now very interested. Reach out to the guys and girls or speak to me. So without further ado, let's jump into the second episode, which is with Will Goodall from ITS Technology Group. Will is an absolute legend of a man. If you're not aware of who ITS are, they are a channel-only alt-net doing incredible things in this space and have been for the last three years. Many of you will know them, but if you don't, then make sure you reach out to the lovely man, which is Will. Enjoy. Talk about the alt-net space. Of course, talk about ITS as well, but try and educate the resellers why this space is so exciting and um, which i think needs to be done and hence why the first series of my podcast is called everything altnet so i really appreciate you being on um before we get into the altnet space i just want to want to dive back a little bit about your experience with fiber as i'd like to call you quite a smart cookie when it comes to the fiber space uh, what you don't know about fiber probably isn't worth knowing. I can see you getting nervous now, but it's true. You are you're, you're old, don't forget. So you've been in the fiber game a long time. You just discovered you're an old man, pretty much. So uh, where did you start? I'm so glad Will? I'm here. The flattery is amazing. It just I feel a million dollars when I uh, when we finish this. Um, so I started in 2005, 2006. I was working for NTL Telewest um, after university. Um, on the inbound sales, so kind of selling broadband. I did politics. That makes sense, in all fairness, because you know if you're going to go into fiber <laughs> politics, politics, there's a, there's a link, isn't there? Yeah, massively, massively. Okay, mate. So NTL Telewest. Yeah, so we, we were uh, selling. It seems crazy now. Uh, Twenty and thirty meg broadband for these lines. Um, no contended broadband and then we were selling two uh, meg lease lines um, for about six and a half grand a year a two meg lease line in 2005 yes that's not that long ago is it really no it's not um it's quite interesting because i did that and kind of left to do some cold calling job and came back and when i came back um 
say six years later into yeah. Virgin, the hundred meg lease line was the was the premier product um, in the space of six years. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was big red internet. I think we called it, and that was thirteen thousand pounds. This is selling to the end user thirteen thousand yeah. pounds a year, and that was quite at the time a disruptive price um, that went out into the market. Mental. Okay. And so the big red product, I assume that was at Virgin, right? Yes. Yeah. And that was in the consumer space. Did you do any channel stuff when you were at Virgin? Yeah. So um did about 10 years at Virgin and worked in kind of account management, then to manage a SME sales team and then moved into yep. the uh, business partners team in the channel looking after um, initially kind of resellers that wanted to work direct with Virgin, but then moving into kind of some of the strategic uh, partners that Virgin had. Virgin were one of the early adapters to say, we'll cover X amount on ECCs, weren't they? That was a good little market push for you guys. I remember when I was at Blizzard, we had a direct account with you and you'd cover X amount. So you used to win quite a bit of business. Um, Yeah, very early adopters. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you find it hard back then to um, educate resellers on the benefits of what a lease line was? Um, I did. I massively did. Yeah, I think the the challenge I think that exists in the in the channel I think with lease line is is you had, for example, when I was at Virgin, you had your Voom Fiber. Uh, or, or broadband products that was you know m- moving up the bandwidths 100 meg 200 meg and it was quite hard to differentiate between the two in the eyes of a reseller because effectively yeah. the connectivity is that vehicle to allow for hosted solutions phone systems yeah. you know all that kind of good stuff on top so um it was a little bit of a challenge i think we noticed the change on the lease line side when we'd really talked to a reseller about the potential margin and the longevity of the contract and the value it added to their business in terms of a it's a decent recurring revenue sometimes things could be a a hit of cash but then it it dissipates and then also if you were looking to build value into your business a base of lease line customers really added um value to them because then you could be acquired and that base of customers moved over but you you obviously generate financially from that so we kind of absolutely right we saw some more of a move of that a few years ago where people historically maybe didn't do connectivity but that recurring revenue was really uh attractive thing for them to to look at it was and i found (laughs) i think once the reseller got educated so my space back then was um, working with a company called Blizzard who had traditional resellers who were like, um, you know, PBX installers and maintainers, and they wanted to do their lines and calls through a partner who had bid on their behalf and everything else. And then kind of that 2014 area, you know, we were probably doing a lease line a month if we were very, very lucky. And the problem was the reseller wasn't educated then. Um, you you really had to push it and get them to understand why it was such a good product and why it cost hundreds of pounds just for a broadband connection. Um, and once once they got that in their head, suddenly, you know, their base became a lot more lucrative because they weren't used to doing um, 
36 month contracts a lot of people were were still doing on the lines and calls 12 months or 24 months and once they realized um customers a were, were happy to pay a lot of money for a lease line nine out of ten it was because they could only get adsl or ftc and they needed a bigger pipe and resellers suddenly understood what a lease line was so could say come and pay 500 pound but it's going to completely transform the way you work once they started selling it they were getting longer contracts on their other products like you just said so on their you know on their on their hosted if they were doing hosted on their mobile whatever the additional products was suddenly just by introducing lease lines their whole business base was worth a lot more money because the average contract length across the board wasn't you know 17 and a half months anymore it was it was 29 months and as it progressed you know everyone was 36 and even look at the 16 months so that that little era of a lease line boom if you like suddenly made everybody's base is a lot more lucrative i would you, say yeah it was a big thing we noticed and and, and still see it to this day to be honest with, with some businesses where um i think customers they like they like having one provider for as many things as possible and we saw we and we see now resellers they, they may do um you said the PBX, the maintenance, they may do CCTV cameras, they may do a number of things, but they don't do the connectivity. But their customer is really, really open and really keen right. to put everything through them, provided, obviously, assuming they're, they're doing a great job, which nine times out of ten they are. Um, and, and that became, a, I wouldn't say an easy route, but a very logical move for resellers to then start adding these products to their mix because it just yeah. made that customer extra sticky. So um, yeah. it, it has been a big move. And I think customers do, certainly in the, the SME section, they like dealing with uh, a smaller business that can come yeah. in, hold review Absolutely meetings. Right. They know who they're going to be speaking to on the end of the phone. They know which face is going to come to site if they need something fixed. Yeah. <laughs> on that then, now you're at ITS and we're, we're Diving to you coming into ITS in a sec, but are you seeing a bigger diversity in the types of resellers that are coming on board? Whereas, say, eight years ago, you know, it was it was the PBX guys, it was it was the MSPs coming on to take connectivity. Are you seeing a larger diversity where you might have um, CCTV CCTV companies coming first, and um, or maybe energy brokers looking to come into the space? It's, I, I think it's a bigger diversity now than than it was, uh, you know, even just five eight years ago. I've done. I've done a piece on this actually. I've done a post on LinkedIn where I analysed the last, oh, was it like the last year's applications for a RID code, and something like eighty-five you percent know, was MSP IT companies. And you know, not telecom resellers. It, it was very interesting. So yeah, I've rambled. Do you think that's true? Are yes. you seeing more diversity? I think um, the, the two things that I've I've seen grow a lot from your traditional, I guess, VoIP. VoIP resellers, certainly um, a growth in CCTV uh, partners that initially would just install um, CCTV maybe on a business park or um, a business and then say to the business, by the way, in order for this to work, you need this sort of connectivity, we need a static IP, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, them saying, actually, it makes sense for us to offer the full solution. Um, and then we've also seen you kind of IT support um yeah businesses who previously would have been uh, and we've seen a big growth in them 
it's a smeeze of you know it's cost, cost effective isn't it you're going to outsource it when you get yeah. a certain size and and they're kind of coming in and going well we're really really trusted with our customers because we do their it yeah. support um, so it makes sense for us to do the connectivity the pbx number of other things and then we've got a full um portfolio of products with one with one customer and and that's helped the it support partner grow massively um 100 i mean yeah msp and it it companies are are the main guys pushing pushing connectivity and coming into our space now there's no doubt about that um and it's an easier sale for them i think and also unfortunately they uh they're, they're happy to whittle down the margin which is a bit controversial but i remember when um it was a huge talking point um years ago about it companies coming into our space instead of using a dealer arm or, or or not coming into calls when we saw voip completely take over it's very simple for them to jump on a on a hosted voice system and get in front of lots of you know technical jargon to to, to fix they're used to that from all the other services they provide yeah and, and they came swooping in and i remember all oh, traditional telecom reseller would say is they're smashing out the margin where's my 150 quid a, a month on a lease line gone you know i'm going down to 50 quid now this is rubbish get out of our space but of course now you know we, we work alongside them and everything else but i remember there being a lot of drama around that i loved it yeah it's, it's always interesting because you, you might take less on the connectivity because you've got 130 seats on. um with maybe some finance rolled into the kit over a period of time um and uh, yeah it's, it is it's interesting because I see some traditional MSPs now saying, actually, we need to maybe offer a few more facets to what we offer to do to do those blended deals. That's it. You're absolutely bang on. So you were at Virgin for 10 years. That's why you're so old. And then <laughs> so, <True>. somehow, <laughs> somehow ITS saw your intelligent face and thought, I need that on board. How, how did you join ITS? So um, I suppose it's similar to a lot of people in the telecoms industry. Um, it's quite close-knit uh, to a certain extent. So I had a, a colleague of mine, um, Fairley, who's our channel head, who oh, I worked nice. with at year. Um, I worked with him at Virgin. When I was direct, he was indirect. It's quite unusual to yeah. have a, a, a relationship that was quite close normally you were competing and then I, I moved into wholesale to work with him and and um he subsequently left and kind of we'd always kept in touch and he started talking about this uh business um in chester that he joined um and really ambitious plans connectivity which was kind of the thing that we we really liked um and uh i think three four months into him being there i'd, I'd had a a chat with uh, Darren Bayforp, our, our CEO, um, really liked what he had to say, very ambitious, um, charismatic person. And um, yeah, three years ago, in two weeks, I've uh, been with the business since then. So kind of was at the, the yeah. start of us um, through to now, which is quite a, a rewarding position, to be honest, when you look back on where we were and where we of are course, now. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, you, don't, you don't really... Sometimes if you're in a big corporate, you don't get that uh, sense of satisfaction. Um, no, yeah, I get that. So you left Virgin at quite a high role to come in at a lower role with ITS, would you say? Yes. So I, but you I, wanted to uh, be a part of a, a bit of a journey and put your name to something. Yeah, so it was, it was, I guess, you know, I was, I was working in London 
with Virgin with with some some big customers there and um, moved um, to to predominantly deal with with resellers. Um, yeah. Didn't have a, a black book uh, of, of resellers because oh, yeah. I was in the higher bit. So it was it was a really interesting journey because I think one of the key things I can always relate to helped me relating with resellers was the construction of an opportunity the margin the key things that a reseller looks for because when you're kind of recruiting resellers um for a growing business you have to really understand and try and mirror what what they look for and and provide that to them to to grow um but yeah it was a very different um kind of role but but one that kind of gave me an intimate knowledge of how a business grows and commercials and there's a lot of things in a corporate sometimes you're sheltered from because there's whole teams of people that do lots of different yeah, things of course. Yeah, and, yeah. and in a smaller business you get to really understand um how things operate really which is which has been invaluable really i would say for me personally how long have ITS been going so um officially we we started in 2013 the kind of yeah. um step change of the business is 2017 where our ceo Darren um came in initially as an investor and then moved on to a ceo um and we moved the business or he moved the business from kind of uh, a direct base uh, approach and what was the product channel. back then was it the um point and shoot broadband stuff for rural yeah, so a lot so, of alternates get into things, right? Yeah, so there was there was kind of historic, um, uh, kind of uh, networks based on radio, effectively with a few. Um, I think we had about twenty nine kilometers of fiber in the ground. Um, yeah, but historically we were kind of that. But then we would do some VoIP, some yeah. you know, different products, and, and and Darren kind of stripped that back to to focus on connectivity and then through the various funding rounds we've been through to kind yeah. of accelerate that to take yeah. to take the market because obviously I think when, when I joined three years ago there was about eight percent of the country had fiber um, yeah now, now we're over about 30 percent um so you kind of absolutely mental that isn't it it in is that space of time absolutely it is mental this is why I'm obsessed with this space at the moment uh, well for uh, lots uh, of reasons I was going to say freight is outrageous and the amount of coming into it it's got to be an important part of that right 15 billion quid between the next space i reckon exactly and i think that's i don't know i can see why you're you see it as a big um benefit for, for for resellers because the the investment going in and the different approaches from from altnets um and your guys approach is pure channel right yeah, purely channel, and that's been that, and, that, and that's been that's that's been the case since 2017. To purely go and push this out in the channel, yes. So yeah. purely, purely partner based. I mean, our our view from kind of top to bottom is our our partners pay our wages. Um, you know, it was quite a. I'm, I'm sure if you ever spoke to any other old that's during kind of lockdown, the yeah. relationship we generated with our resellers was really close because we yeah. we didn't have that direct approach so our, our success during that period was 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 our resellers um and, and continued so you you become really embedded and, and and support their growth as much as they support ours well what is an alt in your words anyone other than your kind of bt virgin uh talk talk people like that although yeah so we you know you would class city fiber as an alt net even though they're Correct. 
And I think one of the things that's changing is I think previously people would think of an alternate as maybe quite a, a niche um, yeah. fiber provider, maybe size wise would have been, you know, not, not attractive enough maybe for resale to look at and i think yeah. as you say there the investment that's gone into that sector um and the, the development of the alt nets has shown resellers that it's actually a really uh important market Exciting to tap space. into absolutely. yeah yeah absolutely is and resellers aren't taking advantage of it enough you know they don't understand that the alt nets if the availability is there is going to be far better for you to consume than using the big national provider which is open reach you know you guys care more about the actual product itself because you've got a smaller network it's very tight knit which means you're going to install the product a lot quicker you know yeah the support side of it is far better in terms of reaching out and getting something fixed and then your contention ratio is always going to be lower as well if we're looking at the fttp stuff not the lease line right so it's a space that resellers need to get involved in, and hence why we're gonna we're gonna educate them. So ITS came channel only, relaunched, got some investment, went to market. You came on, bought lots of resellers, and in that period of time, over the last three years, you've predominantly been pushing lease lines, right? But at incredibly good prices. Yeah. So we've um, during that time, yeah, we we were predominantly kind of either uh, lease line. We do have kind of a FTTP products on our networks but as we were growing them it was predominantly a lot of lease lines a lot of lease lines through yeah. um, partners kind of buying uh, on our network or buying kind of virgin talk talk etc through through ourselves yeah. so we class that as our kind of off net arm um, but yeah. both of those have kind of grown at, grown at pace really over the three years um, kind of moving into more FTTP now I'm setting you up here because I know you're something you're passionate about, as am I. Good man. Yes. So you have released an FTTP product. Yeah. And this is the future of connectivity as a whole. Unfortunately for ITS, but fortunately, because you're going to be providing the alternative product, lease lines are going to massively, massively decrease. There's no doubt about that. If there's a product which is providing full fiber to your premises and you can get suddenly a gig over a gig for a very sensible amount of money compared to having a gig over a gig on a lease line, which is not a sensible amount of money. Of course, full fiber FTTP is going to start pursuing and whittling down those lease line providers. You're always going to need lease line product if you're a business that needs that one-to-one contention ratio, needs that private circuit, needs that SLA of four hours. But with a huge rollout and the government-backed FTTP, it's... It's going to see it's going to see a decrease, but I think it's a good thing. What do you think? I think it's a really good thing, and I think anything that's led by the consumer um, is always important because obviously uh, we we sell into resellers who are into the the end user, and we've got to mirror what our resellers want, but also what the the end user wants. And I think with the advent of more fiber, there are those businesses that are on FTTC, ADSL. Right. 4G, those sort of connections that's prohibiting them from purchasing what they want to buy from the reseller. Um, and I think sometimes if you go into a, a customer that's paying 
20 quid 30 quid for a connection and all you can offer them is something that's two 300 quid it's Correct. it's very difficult and i think ftcp is opening up a big market but then i think as you say i think it will take some market where people will have a lease line um yeah. that like you said earlier maybe that was the only way they could get fiber um where they say actually i can cut that cost out and have an ftcp connection um so we expect that to to to, to balloon um absolutely what I would say as well, though, interestingly, we do see a lot of more demand now for the one gig, ten gig dedicated connections. Yeah, than, than yeah, before. that's mental. Yeah, so I remember talking to you about this um, a couple of weeks ago as well, getting getting quotes for ten gig circuits. Yeah, and that's becoming common. A lot more common. Um, I think businesses now, certainly in and around our London networks, more and more is being migrated to the cloud, um, and they they're aware that over the years coming to years they're going to need more and more bandwidth so the kind of right. one gig upwards of 10 gig is becoming more popular and then you're kind of your, your traditional 100 meg lease lines um yeah. they're going to get eaten we believe through um ftp uh products yeah. synchronous i mean our, our our broadband's kind of a synchronous one gig up one gig down the you know it's it's a it's a fantastic product for businesses and i know there's other alt nets with similar kind of ftp products and that's that's great for businesses. I think, yeah, maybe I'm I'm heavily mistaken then, in all fairness. I think we are going to see a big decrease in lease signs, but I think you're right. The FTTP is going to replace the 100 megs or the 500 megs, but we're also going to see maybe still a steady growth on lease lines, but in a higher bandwidth state, that 10 gig, or even if we go further down the line, whoever knows. I mean, look how... Look how the bandwidth grew in that, what we said earlier, from the 2 meg to 100 meg in six years. And that's, Who knows yeah. what we're going to be knocking about with in another 10 years' time. So Exactly. Actually, that's and a very, very good point. It's something we would, you know, we talked to our resellers about, obviously, the FTTP, but I think maybe there was historically a bit of a fear with 10 gig because, obviously, you're contractually on the on the line if yeah, you like as a reseller stuck at paying that though when my customer goes under oh fantastic yeah, yeah i'm just gonna exactly. settle that bill for the next three years yeah exactly so um we are seeing some of our um your original resellers that probably never never had the demand for 10 gig we're starting to see yeah. a few orders come through for for those on our on our network so that's been nice really interesting yeah really nice in terms of getting something like 10 gig in does that take a lot of bespoke works from you guys to get your network to be able to provide that sort of chunk or is your network built to be able to provide 10 gig to an end user already you know yeah so our, our network is kind of uh, xgspon which is the the kind of the latest technology i yeah. think city fiber and a few others are starting to move over yeah. to that style and the the benefit we have with that is it's a little bit more uh, expensive up front but it yeah. means a reseller can upgrade their customer from if their customer's got an ftp connection and they need to get a lease line it's not a, a brand new install the uh it's effectively to change the kit on the end or they can go from a, a lease line to a 10 gig lease line through the existing infrastructure so we think that the opportunity to upsell post installation is going to be quite yeah. high for our resellers which is i think really important for them to lock in and grow um, revenue with their customers absolutely where are its making noise at the moment will so right all nets will make noise in specific areas right where you're going to be laying your your fiber for the listeners who are, who are new to this arena right so traditionally its will what they'll go and lay some fiber in a specific area and make some noise have you got any um towns and cities currently that i'm not allowed to know maybe or that you're currently um running a campaign on yeah so um the 
we 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 primarily focus our, our our marketing, if you like, publicity on our network. So we did a recent um, campaign in Burnley um, where um, we have a, a network built where we covered kind of uh, a number of different forms of um, marketing from billboards through to kind of LinkedIn, Facebook, etc. Ah, um, and is this and what brand is that in? So we we have a it's really it's an interesting one so we we have a faster britain that's it yeah this is important actually this is unique what you guys do and this really helps the resellers so we should talk about this yeah definitely i mean we we obviously we don't want to um or when we market and i know you've done this stuff in the past with where you've worked it's 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 a balance you you go between marketing an area to raise awareness so that people yeah. are comfortable with your brand and the product you sell versus going into an area to generate sales leads for you to sell um yeah. so yeah we we have a, a faster britain um go to market for our resellers to use so a number of them have um you know uh, ex will goodall telco selling faster britain in yes. liverpool burnley etc um we have a lot of marketing material that they can white label loads of support yeah. um so it just See, this means, is what's fascinating helps about them. you guys so you guys are uh, a channel only business but you go the extra mile to put in the capital to market a brand that resellers can use so they can do joint ventures with the Faster Britain brand, right? So Johnny Ray Telecom can go and pump connectivity in Birmingham, and I'm going to put the Faster Britain brand with my logo. So I've already got, I've already built brand awareness. You know, if I'm local to that town already, happy days. But I can also get that added backup that you guys have off your own backs pumped into, you know, put cash into. So that's that's very unique. That's very good. I like that. There we go. Just blowing some smoke up you, your guys' backsides. Okay, interesting. So. If I'm a reseller and I want to come on board with ITS, what have I got access to technically? Do you guys have a portal? Because a lot of altnets have taken the capital for a load of fiber underground, but they forget about some of the technology that you know resellers want. And, and sometimes portals can be left behind. And if I want to know where's connectivity or I want to go and provision a product or check on a connection, I need that technology. So I know... I might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but I know when I actually went and met ITS when I was working with a software vendor um, probably four years ago to talk about a portal. So I'm really hoping now that I haven't dropped you in it and there actually is a portal <laughs> portal around. What's, well, what's a portal? <laughs> yeah, so um, we we went through um process probably three, four years ago and we had a, a portal or portal uh, specifically built um we involved a lot of our partners during that uh period and we still do in terms of its functionality but yeah we we have a fully um operational portal that's i i mean i'm biased obviously but it's really user friendly there's marketing material on there um and it's constantly evolving so we take a lot of feedback from our partners so if there's features to it um we can add uh, if that helps partners um i knew when i joined its we we, we didn't have a, a portal so we would use if i was providing a quote to a partner um i had the carrier um portals as well as my own pricing yeah of course yeah and and it was um you end up using the ones that 
are the easiest to use yeah. slash the ones that majority of the case is, is is reasonable pricing and we wanted to be really user friendly because we knew that the better that was the more it becomes part of a, a reseller's kind of I'll quickly check the ITS portal to do these quotes or on. I'll go onto the portal because I need to, I want my some white label material because I want to do XYZ. So we wanted to fundamentally become part of a a reseller's kind of BAU activity. Um yeah. so that's that's helped us a lot. Um I think any alt net that that doesn't have a portal is is a bit of a a, a challenge, I think, for for your ease of doing business uh, being done with you. What What's ITS's focus going to be over the next two years? Oh, question. Yeah. Product-wise. So you guys have an FTTP product, is that right? Yep. Of course. That's why I'm obsessed with it. You've got the lease line offering. Are you looking to build out the FTTP offering more? Or are you looking to continue where your bread and butter is with the lease line stuff? I think the FTTP um, side of things across our networks will grow. Um, we've removed ECCs uh, from our FTTP products so that we can reach much further distance from our, our network for customers. So, what does that mean, Will? Explain it to bit. So you've removed ECCs, which is extra construction charges, right? So, Yeah, so basically it, for, for, for a network builder, it means that we can go further from our network to deliver FTTP in terms of um, your, your typical model because FTTP is a bit um, is obviously less cash um, of if you use a, a traditional model you can reach customers but they have to be a lot closer to your network whereas a lease line yeah. or Tengi you can go further because that return on that investment is a lot higher so we've we've we removed the ECCs to spread that distance that FTTP can be accessed from our network so we expect um, FTTP to grow um, we'll nice. be continuing to build networks at pace. Um, yeah. we, we build where there's dense uh, populations of businesses. Um, and we. Um, if I'm the reseller, can I see where you're going to be building so I can get prepped that I'm going to go onto a campaign there? Yes. So we, we provide resellers where we are, where we're um, planning to go. Um, we'll also potentially work with with resellers if for example um johnny ray is based in birmingham and we're running yeah. some some campaigns there um we will potentially work collaboratively with resellers on on networks um we we quite like how, that how you do that bud because i know right so a lot of um a lot of partners say what, what it comes down to sometimes again sorry if i put you on the spot is, is say look i'm gonna i'm gonna put a bdm solely on this or i'm gonna put two bdms and i need some support uh get them engaged, you know, and I'm going to put more capital invested from my business because I'm going to use a couple of lead gens as well. You as a connective partner, and we're going to push connectivity first, which isn't the sexiest product in the world. I'm going to want some support from you. Uh, if we say we're going to do X, can you deliver some, put it bluntly, cash? <laughs> it's the worst, <laughs> worst question to ask. But if, if I'm laying down X amount per month with my sales team, anyway, if if I can show you something, can you support me on that in in some funds in, in some way? Yeah, I know you so, can do lots more. I'd hope, but to put it bluntly, yeah. So uh, yes, we would. You know, we look at ROI and things like that. So on that scenario, um, it's interesting because when a lot of the resellers we speak to, cash is is there but it's more um data um white label collateral 
um, insight into areas they can focus on so they direct their resource in the in the right areas it's very the resellers want a real collaborative approach where um, it's not you kind of typical right give me a grand and i'll target this area it's right we really want to know its where are you building are there any of networking events you can support us with is there you know some joint activity with your account managers delivering leaflets or is there some social stuff we can look at it's quite collaborative and you know i'd say to any reseller here speaking to any alt nets always reach out to work closely um collaboratively because i think they, that seems to generate the best results um but yeah we're we're really keen on, on things like that and we've got our, you know uh, a really good marketing department that help with things like that interesting point you say that actually because i was obsessing them about having some cash to support my campaign but you're probably right maybe there's a lot of resellers out there or actually you know because you work with them that don't necessarily need the cash support they need support on how they're going to go to market with this yeah, I think it's 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 a it's an interesting one because there's there's so many different companies out there that offer support to resellers, be it marketing, be it lead gen, and all things like that. And I always think with anything like that, if you can get you know really good engagement with the alt we can we can say, look, these are the areas that are live, these are the areas that are going to be live. It covers this road, these businesses, and we you know you can get a potentially a strategic advantage by working quite closely with a with an alt on that. So we we try and work quite closely together with with resellers. We do get some that that, that may say, look, we want some cash to pay for X Y Z, and then it yeah. kind of, we work through that plan. And obviously, it needs to be a return on investment, but we we're really happy happy with that when you're channel only you've got to you've got to try loads of different things and see and hopefully you know some work and and some you learn from yeah it's rare to see resellers leading a campaign with connectivity as connectivity is not that sexy but in fact it would make sense to because all of your other products sit on top of the connectivity piece isn't it Absolutely, yeah. If you're getting in there with a broadband, which is an unsexy product, to open up a conversation to talk about their hosted, which sits on the broadband, you know, or your mobile, your fleet of mobile devices, um, you know, or whatever utility you're pumping in, it does make sense. And you can do it. Um, you absolutely can do it. And I think, yeah, getting support from the alt-net is a good first starting point. I remember I'd done quite a successful campaign, actually, pushing connectivity first, lease lines. Unfortunately, not for ITS, but... Uh, it was a watch this, um, watch this space <laughs> yeah this is a while ago though um and we worked with the alt to understand where the connectivity where that where this their specific product was going to be live in this time and we then collaboratively went out bought the data to all the businesses in that area and then used some sales automation software with the bdms to generate an interest and take that prospect to a lead. And that was done by touching the customer, not inappropriately, up to 12 times before rejecting them as a lead. And I talk about this a lot. So a lot of um, traditional resellers just hammer the phone. Oh, I tried to call him five times. He didn't answer. Right, that, that bit of data is dead then. You shouldn't be doing that this day and age. You need to be trying to touch the customer in multiple, multiple times in multiple different ways. So to specifically talk about this campaign, trying to get connectivity, an interesting connectivity in a very specific area, we know the customer might not have that good bit of broadband. So we 
we mapped out 12 stages to engage with that customer. And the first step was to send them something physical through the post. You know, we'd done a big voucher saying 500 pound off your install. You know, there was no actual install price, but that was neither here nor there. You know, they could use that on something else, right? And then we actually stuck a, um, you know, like a, um, a little mini five, 10 centimetre, um, what are they called? Comms cab cable, little Cat6 cat cable to the voucher. So something physical fell out, like what the hell was that? So that gauged their interest then. And then step two was, you know, sending them a bespoke video with the voucher in their hand, um, you know, talking about, I hope you receive your voucher. Hello, John. You know, I'm going to be in your area next week. You know, nothing. Then step three was um, a cold call. You know, that cold call is going to be in there most repeated more than the other steps. You know, in your step four, the cold email. Step five, you might read out to LinkedIn. And then you continue that steps until until you speak to the customer. And then if after 12 12 steps of those different approaches you haven't managed to gauge the customer's interest then you can bid it off you know don't just think free free cold calls to that business to talk about something unsexy like broadband is going to gauge your interest is not so think outside the box it's, it's really a good point and i mean most up until i changed roles at virgin moving into wholesale my, my, my background had always been direct and i think it's one of the things i used to talk to my sales team about in terms of even from a uh, a lead contact point most business yeah. is done between the kind of the fifth and the eighth is your sweet spot of of opportunities developing into an opportunity but most yeah. sales people give up after three goes um yeah. and i think you know th that was always a key one for me and the other the other thing is always important and we we do this um potentially when you when you have a base of customers and you're confident in what you're doing would you recommend me to someone else? And, you know, I think yeah. there was a statistic I saw that 11%, so I think it was 85% of customers would give a recommendation. Absolutely um, right. Which is really great for converting, particularly resellers, because they'll be within your Absolutely proximity right. of where you're based, but only 11% yeah. of salespeople, such businesses, ask for that recommendation. So it's, it's yeah. probably something, anyone listening to this, just sometimes the, the things are in front of you that you can help to add add more customers on. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, what's going to be the next big talking point for ITS? Do you think not? Not product wise. Um, have you got? Are you guys doing any events or anything like that? So we'll be connected to um, Britain in yes, September. Time. I'm going. I'm going. Are you going? I'll see you there. Yes. Yes, I am. That's interesting, isn't it? Because previously that. Um, Who's it? Tele? Oh, I can't remember the company that owns it. Um, only up to the last two years has there been a big push in um, the consumer side. We've seen a lot of, lot of alt-nets now coming who are in the consumer space, whereas previously it was all business. So there's definitely been a change there in the alt-net world as well, where it's um, quite consumer-heavy led this year. So I'm, I'm going to be quite interested to see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We 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 had some. We were at the Connected North, which was, which was great. Obviously, being Northwest business, Andy Burnham yeah. there in Manchester, and a few other people there. Um, but the the one in London, we're we're excited to. So we'll be exhibiting, and our, our CEO, if you get a chance, he'll be um, he'll be speaking there. He's always worthwhile. He's a fantastic bloke. So um, that's probably the next event. Um, there'll be a, there's always a few awards and things like that in the channel that that will be happening. Um, we're starting to, you know, we've won a couple of awards last year, and hopefully win some some this year. Um, yeah, that's kind of a big drive um, because it helps with with awareness for any alt net um, for these kind of competitions. It gives you a little bit of credibility. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. 
Good. Okay. Um, before we jump, how many how many resellers of ITS got now? So we've got over um, three hundred uh, currently. Um, when I joined three years ago, maybe. 10-15% of that number we had um, so we've had a big growth in that area um, as we've built more networks, added more salespeople, I guess improved yeah. as a business and all that stuff, it's kind of grown and keeps keeps moving up which is really um, rewarding to be honest that people think that you can help them uh, win business yeah, and, trust, and they trust you as a supplier. Yeah 100% do you, guys get, do you guys get any support from the government? You know the government have got a scheme to do, do you guys benefit from that or is it only the, the mega giants that have any support from the government? Um, well, I suppose they've got a voucher scheme, haven't they? Yeah. So predominantly the, where we're building is, is, is kind of what you'd be classed as in business rich areas. So the voucher scheme as is now yeah. is kind of an outside in rural yeah. uh, focused, which personally I, I agree with. I think the DCMS voucher scheme was, um, I think it was topped up a couple of times budget wise. Um, Which voucher scheme was that? Is that you were talking about the original one when they launched a few years back? Yeah, the th- uh, two and a half thousand. I can as a reseller, it was the best, best, best time of my life. Honestly, the, drawing out that, I mean, that pot of cash ran out very, very quickly, and the resellers' pockets were very, very lucrative at that stage. Um, unfortunately, so yeah, that was quite funny actually. Where that was. I don't know what eight years ago when the government said anyone putting in a any form of lease sign connection here's free grand towards your installation fee and the resellers very quickly realised they weren't being charged anything for an installation fee so it was all funnily enough pure profit um, and that did get topped up a couple of times although well you don't have to talk about that because you can't be represented but I can it was a very good time but this time round it's a gigabit voucher scheme which is for rural businesses what you're saying so yeah yeah. Yeah, so that'll help kind of alt nets. Um, well, any any fibre builder in the kind of rural areas, they'll be able to draw down on some some funds. But our kind of B two B model, um, we're focusing on kind of um, built up business um, condensed dense business, not condensed businesses, yeah. dense businesses. Dense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that'll be the kind of our model. So we'll be accelerating that growth. Um, by the end of the year, we'll cover about. Uh, I think between 23 to 25% of uh, businesses in the UK, which is a um, really... That's very good. Yeah, it's really exciting. That's very good. How many employees have you got now then? That's a big number, 23%. Yeah, so we've got over 100 people working here. Yeah. Oh, Um, Jesus Christ. Right, okay. You guys have jumped up a bit then. Bloody hell. Yeah. Um, And we've we've moved to new offices now, um, kind of... Well, are you not in Satan anymore? No, we're not in Satan. Uh, For for any of the listening, it's not spelled uh, (laughs) S-T-A-N. So when I had to go visit ITS many, many years ago in their old office, I was very shocked when I came into the village that was called Satan. <laughs> and I was with a colleague called uh, Brett Harvey at the time. And we laughed a lot about that. Because if anyone's seen Ace Ventura, there's a specific bit where he says Satan. And we used to um, take the nick a lot. But now now you've moved, have you, Will? Where are yeah, you? so we've got um, new offices in um, Daresbury. So part of... Um, on a, on a business part, large area with our own kind of uh, multiple teams all together, and then we're also looking at uh, an office in the south of it, of England as well. So the, the the growth kind of from three years ago to now is has been monumental, been monumental, and it's all built on 
kind of supporting partners better as we grow and how can we how can we do more things to help love it what's the um what town are you currently excited about building in um anything up north the the the, i'd say two that for me personally so we're part of a joint venture in liverpool working with a french company nge and the combined authority so that's a 200 um kilometer uh spine network covering liverpool city center but the, the combined regions so that's really exciting because it's it's the kind of the opportunity to support a, a region's uh, economic growth it's kind of the, yes. the, so you the say, who you're partnering with sorry so you're partnering so, with a french guy and who a french company called nge and or and builder then. and then the combined authorities which is made up of the um public sector organizations that had the combined regions including liverpool um yeah. city council so that'll be really interesting because kind of liverpool's looked at other regions and said yeah. how can we drive economic growth and the best way that he's in their opinion or one of the best ways is a fiber network support businesses bring inward right. investment more businesses choosing to to work and grow in the liverpool area um and they'll see a big return on that and th- that's quite exciting to see that kind of as it's being built and see the the resellers in liverpool quite excited about it because it it represents their region where they sell the the better they do with it um the yeah. more people they'll hire the better the network will do the more um the the returns will be for the uh, the regions and the more that the, they can invest into other things within their area so it's kind of a um a, have you got many scousers on can i say scouser scouser <laughs> insulting yeah, uh, no comment. Um, you can see you um, your, your podcast. You so we got we got a number of Liverpool partners. Because um, kind of goes from like Wirral, Liverpool, Southport, St Helens, all that area. So we've got a number of partners we, we're working with who are focused on on these areas, and um, it's something that the, the reseller community has been been crying out for for a while to yeah. get that that fiber for FTTP for for lease lines and things like that so they're really passionate about their area as well as as as, as they should be so that's kind of a, a big one for me and um I'm excited with work we're doing in London so we're we're building yeah. um a lot in London kind of zones one and two um and that's quite exciting because that's that's a I think yeah, I know when we 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 spoke the other day um, on the phone, it was a third of all EADs roughly are in London. So there's yeah, a amazing. there's a huge market there as well. So opening that up for our resellers with, with our kind of rate card has been been quite exciting as well. It's it's meant they can they can do business and grow in those areas as well, which is important. Yeah, that's going to be very exciting. Okay, well, this has been very good. I really appreciate this. Really good first episode, and it made sense for us to use ITS as you pure channel champions. You, I just coined a uh, publications phrase in Boston, <laughs> but yeah, so I really appreciate it, buddy, and gave us a, a good way to kick off talking about the alt space. And if anybody wants to reach out to Will, his details will be in the description. How professional is that? But I have no doubt a lot of you already know him anyway, but um, yeah, I really appreciate it, bud. No, thank you for, for inviting us on. It's, um, you know, we. Well, I personally admire what you do, and I think 
anything that supports resellers and harnessing the alt net um, is, is really vital. Um, particularly yeah. over the next few years with the copper switch off and things like that. I think, you know, hopefully um, resellers will be in for um, a really positive time, which I think is important. A telecom in, boom. Yeah, which I think is important to talk about. I think if you look at, I was talking to my dad yesterday, there's a lot of negativity in the news and I understandably yeah. with costs and things like that. But I think resellers, alt nets, we can, we can, plow through that in the next few years and hopefully it will come out of it quite well and i think you know it's exciting to you know to be on here and i think it's important to to publicize the the benefits of altnets you know ourselves is obviously the best but there's a number of others out there as well that are great i know a number of people are a load of uh, different businesses and you know we we can we can add real value for for your for your listeners I think that's a good point actually i think there's a bit of a different culture within the altnet space whereas your normal telecom wholesalers. I don't know how to not upset anyone in this. It, it tends to be in the alternate space, no one's not obliged to help each other out. Everybody feels like they're in the same central space, you know, and, and I think you're going to see more of people sharing networks as well. But it doesn't tend to be that, I don't know, that feel of where like, don't look at my product, don't copy me, don't do this. Everybody's on the kind of the same wavelength in the alternate space. Look, we're trying to achieve something special here. We're trying to, you know, at, well, bottom line of it, everyone wants their money. But, you know, we're trying to get the country connected and catch up with other countries around the world because we tend to be bloody behind. There's no doubt about it. So um, that's, that's another thing that I really like about this space. You know, I, I'm I, a friendly I, person. I like friendly business. And this is it. No, I agree with you. I think, you know, we use, you know, existing infrastructure to, to layer fiber and open reach. Um, so that cuts out some of the bill costs, but it doesn't. Um, eliminate all costs so we, we we have a really collaborative business in terms of if we're speaking to altnets um it doesn't make sense for both of us to um spend cash in in the same area um, hang on for, for either of us um so we might as well focus on on areas that that, that work for either of our businesses so collaboration is really important um and, and I think I'd encourage more of that. I know we've got resellers that collaborate who are based in different areas of the country. So they're not competing with each other, but they're collaborating in terms of best practice, doing business together, which is something we we encourage. Because yeah. um, if, if you're not fishing in the same pond, why can't you exactly work that. together? You know? Yeah, exactly that. A lot of resellers have had the mindset, you know, that the whole country, the whole country is mine. I, I, you know, this is me. I, I won't share any secrets. I've, not, I've never been like that. Um, Probably a bad thing, but uh, you know, a good thing about this podcast will be any areas that I previously have succeeded in from a, from a sales side of thing or marketing side of things are going to be shared. But I was, if anyone that knows me, I give out far too much information and never ever charge for it. It's always been the way, and yeah, I've been some techniques have been copied many times. But happy days, you know. I'm, that's probably where I'm a terrible business person, actually. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I think. Um... You'll give out bits, but I think, you know, if someone works with you closer, they'll see um, additional benefits when they're putting some some cash in your back pocket. Damn right, yeah, yeah. And we have got a sponsor now, actually, touching on that. Not for a lot of money. Don't think that I'm minted. But, yeah, touch. Yeah, we've we've now got a sponsor for this, which I'm very excited about. Anyway, Will, we are at the 58-minute mark, but I don't want to keep these under an hour. So I really, really appreciate you coming on. I've no doubt I'll see you at some event for a beer. And, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers, Johnny. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay, mate. All the best. Bye-bye, mate.